Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on the 5-1 victory over Mura in the Europa Conference League uh, with a hat-trick from Harry Kane. He's back. Uh, joining me from Vienna is HG. How you doing, mate? I'm doing well. Yeah, Spurs won. Good night, really. Um, so, yeah, it is weird how, despite being uh, ostensibly middle-aged in my 40s now, that uh, a result for Spurs, a good result for Spurs, does actually change my mood a little bit. Yeah, see, I mean, this is why, like, we, we made jokes about me having to do the pods for the Europa Conference League. But like I said on the weekend, they're more than likely going to be victories. So at least that's something, you know. And and it was it was an enjoyable game today. Like they they had a bit of a, we have a bit of a scare with their goal, and we'll get into that. But um, I thought the the second half was was just really enjoyable, and and I think that's what. I got from the game. I don't think the players have been enjoying their football recently. And so to see them out there and well, yes, we brought on the big guns, but to see them out there enjoying it, I just thought it was great. That's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. Well, let's crack into, it's only just me, me and HG today. So everyone else was either at the game or didn't watch the game or couldn't pod. So it's me and HG. We got a, a fun twosome here. So um, let's get into the lineup uh, as we always do. What did you think of the lineup? I thought it was fairly uh, what we expected. You know, we'd get Doherty back for the these Europa games. Um, I was happy to see Lo Celso in. I thought he played really well today. Brian as well. What, what were your thoughts when when that lineup came out? When I saw it, I looked at the team that I'd picked on Facebook, and I was like, "Well, that's nine of the team that I picked." So, in that respect, I suppose I should have been quite happy. I wasn't because it was bloody four three three. With the Celso drifting inside, like very little width. I didn't know where the width was going to come from. I guess Doherty, you could you know push up from fullback. But I looked at that and thought, okay, Scarlett is kind of the only striker. Brian could do something to help him. Celso could do something to help him. And you, you never know with Delhi. But I, I didn't think that it was 
yeah, I, I was nervous. To be honest, when I first saw the team, I thought we might not score here. This might be a difficult game if you know, <laughs> and, and we'll and we'll have to bring on people after an hour to try and set things up. So, um, yeah, it, it was having seen that, I thought, well, you know, we scored in the first ten minutes twice, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I was wrong. But I, I suspect that the rest of the first half kind of showed that maybe I was right because it was very stunted, and that that's kind of what I expected when I saw the the first eleven named. Yeah, it, it was a frenetic start and we, we did go two up. Uh, on the penalty, HG, when I saw it, first of all, I was like, that's clearly a pen. The goalie didn't get any of the ball and got loads of the player. But I, I was watching some dodgy Portuguese stream and they showed the replay like 30 times. And the more I looked at it, I was like, is that really a pen? What did you think? Was it a pen? I don't think I'd have given it in real time, if I'm honest. I, yeah, It was one of those weird ones where Delhi misses the ball. And so, like, can, can you really, like, did, did he kick the goalkeeper? Did the goalkeeper knock him? It's really weird. Like, when, when Delhi doesn't touch the ball himself, then you can't really claim that he's taken it around him. It just seems mm. like a collision where they both went for it and missed it. So where's the foul there? Um, I'm happy it was given, and obviously with no VAR, then then they, they couldn't change it anyway. But... Um, <laughs> It, it did seem, I, I thought it was relatively soft. I mean, I watched an, another game earlier tonight and that had a soft penalty right at the end of the game. And so I was just like, well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad it was given, but I, I don't think it was a stonewall. I, I think it was just kind of, I mean, annoying that Delhi missed the ball in the first place because he shouldn't have, he didn't need to. And, mm. uh, but yeah, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll take what we're given, right? Yeah, we sort of also saw one of the few balls into Scarlet, which we'll go into as well. And the, the defender sort of cleared it away from him, and that's how it fell to Delhi in the first place. So Scarlet did look a bit starved of service, I thought, in that first half. He felt for him because he had that moment where he uh, he sort of shimmied and, and nut, not nutmegged because he didn't touch it, but went for the ball and let it go through the defender's legs and just roasted him. And, and he had his moment, Scarlet. I thought he played well. But anyway, the... um. Uh, second goal, we went up in 2 up fairly quickly. And it was a lovely drive from Lacelso. I thought Lacelso played well today, and, and I'm glad he did. Um, it almost it reminded me a bit of the Giggs goal against the Goons in the FA Cup, just without the run. Uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah, just, just like the finish was similar, but the rest of it was completely different. <laughs> yeah. well, what, what your th- was it, I thought Lacelso played well, and, and he took his goal well. Uh, to be honest, I think both goals. Let's let's face it, we're a bit fortunate. Like the first one came from a what is it? A poor pass, a poor control from Brian, then a poor pass from then. Then the ball was played into Scarlett, who then saw it hacked away in in the path of Delhi. That's a bit fortunate. The second one, okay, like you know, it, it falls to Lascelles. So yes, he does do well. To it's a decent first touch to get around the defender, and then he he shows a decent turn of pace. Um, I know that the defender obviously was at a standing start, but still, they also got there first, and and the finish was was quality. He knew what he was doing, and the keeper, you know, Ugo, could have done better. Um, it, it was a nice finish. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say that we created the chance. It felt like the ball fell our way, and the individual quality of Lacelso created the goal. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was weird to be two 0 up and think, okay, well, the game's done and dusted now. Two 0 after eight minutes or whatever it was. We, we, we should waltz this, but also know that both goals kind of came from nothing in particular. Mm, I think after after Saka's goal against us um, on the weekend, where the ball just fell to him, Kane tried to win it back, and I think we were due one, so we'll take it even if it is fucking 
Moura. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we did drop off. You're right. I mean, Moura got into the game uh, in that in that first half. We had a few chances. I said the one with with Scarlett when he he did turn. It was it was, it was great to see him do that. And I, I thought we showed enough in that first half. But the, the second half, HG. No, hang on. I, I thought the first half we were woeful. No, you don't. <laughs> I just was like. <laughs> There was little to no creativity in the side. There was little to no organization in how we wanted to attack. I felt at times Rigion and Brian were getting in each other's way. They were both wide where maybe one could run in, in inside. There were times when they were both inside. I remember one moment in the first half where like Brian got the ball and thought, well, I don't want to run to the wing to get some space. So I'll pass it backwards to Rigion who then had to run to the wing and get in space. It's like one of you needs to be wide and one of you needs to be inside. Otherwise, you just take each other's space, especially when Mura were defending quite deeply. Like when we did have the ball, they knew that <laughs> that we were going to be good enough to hurt them. So they just kind of relaxed and said, right, you know, you have the ball in these positions. We were just far too narrow. I say this every week, but I felt it was the same. If the width comes from the fullbacks, then great. But then Brian has to move inside because that's going to be Reggie's job. If the width is already there from Brian, then Reggie just needs to leave him to it. Give him the ball. I just felt that there were times where the fullback would you know, take the ball forward themselves, and then suddenly when it became time to pass it, um, it was like you know a five, six-yard pass. They're, they're on top of each other. And you know, Delhi likes to drift left anyway, so it's almost like the three of them were just getting in each other's way. And when the cross finally came in, it was just Scarlet. There was no one else because Lacelso had cut inside and was kind of on the edge of the area, and Doherty was nowhere to be found. So I just felt that as much as we dominated the ball, as much as you know, it looked like you know, with the quality of play that we have, we could do something. Everyone was just treading on each other's toes. Mm. Well, I think I think when it comes to Brian and the new players, maybe that will come in time that that they do need time to embed and and because they're they're quality players. Um, Regulon is is a quality player, so I think that. We um we just have to give give him time to adapt and, and embed himself into the team. But that that second half started and their goal like I you know I, I spoke about the, the gigs goal, but the goal they scored just reminded me of the Lanzini goal against us for the three three. Like it just he just belted it and it, there's no way he would he tried that a hundred times. He's not going to do that again. Uh, Galini had no chance. I don't think we can really find our players at fault. It was just just a really good hit that he'll never do again in his life. It dropped from the sky. It went into the corner of the net. Was it Zinedine Zidane in the European Cup final, whenever that was, Champions League's final, 2002 maybe? It, it was just odd because, it, you know, he just moved his right leg. You know, like he was just standing there and the ball dropped and he hit it. Um, like I'm a bit annoyed that, you know, I think it was Brian was closest to him, didn't put him under more pressure. I was a bit annoyed that Galini just kind of watched it, <laughs> like at least make an effort. Like If you're going to pick up habits from Hugo, please don't let it be that one. Um, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, so like, it's one of those things. It's a lovely strike. It's a clean hit. Um, it wasn't, you know, off the instep or at least wasn't a full power, you know, off the instep. So look, you give him credit for doing it, but there was a there was a case of I think Spurs just thought oh, look, it's a it's a guy who plays for this lot. He's never going to hit it well enough to find the corner, and he did. So look, it, it was a nice goal, but again, I, I want to look at it from a case of what were Spurs doing? Were we really doing as much as we could to stop it? And I don't think so. 
Wow. I think I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I think that's harsh. I, I, Galini had, again, no one was expecting it. And and maybe maybe you're, maybe you're right. No one there was expecting that- it. The ball was dropping from like thirty feet up in the air. Everyone knew he was going to hit it. It was just no one expected it to go in the corner, and probably not the guy who hit it. Let's be honest. Like if if the yeah. ball was dropping to me, I wouldn't expect to hit it perfectly. And he did hit it really well. But um, yeah. yeah, I just like you know the goalkeeper. I think there was one angle behind the guy as he hits it, and you can see Galini watching. You can see that he's ready for the shot. But then he just kind of watches it, like kind of like, well, if it goes in, doesn't matter, and it does matter, and and that's again, that's harsh on Gallini more than anything. I don't, I don't want to be harsh on the on the guy who had the goal, but I just think that you know Spurs need to be aware that even if they are fifth in Slovenia, right, they do have professional football players. These guys do know what they're doing. They just they're just not used to playing at the maybe the speed that we do. So technique wise. Yeah, we should be expecting, even if it is their right wing back, we should be expecting that it's possible that they that they hit it into the corner. Yeah, I'm actually just trying to find the name of the player that hit it. Do you, do you, did you know his name? I think it's Koos. I'm not sure myself. But yeah, we, we got to give him props. I thought it was just a really good hit. And it was one of those ones where like, it has to be against us, doesn't it? The, the, the worldie that he scores that he'll never get again in his life. And he buries it against us. We then brought on the big guns. Like we... Uh, I don't, through, through necessity, I thought we were getting more into the game. And we brought on Kane, Son... Hoybier afterwards, Lucas. Is that a worry that, that our second string can't handle the, the fifth place team in Slovenia? Can I say yes and no to that? Look, it is a worry um, because you'd like to have the squad players go out and do it. But again, I blame it on just who we who we had playing. The fact that it, it wasn't a settled team. It wasn't not even a settled team, but just, you know, Lacelso is not a right winger. He will cut inside. If Doherty isn't providing the width, then who do you pass it to? Well, we went down the left a lot of the time because that's where the players were. I just think that, and we saw it so much better once the better players came on, but we had suddenly a right winger. Like Lucas was designed to play there. That's where he should play. And he went there. Lacelso found himself inside, which is where he wants to be. Son is happy to play down the left. I just felt that the entire structure of the team looked better once the better players came on. And so it, it, it's kind of a, you know, what what came first, the good player or the structure? But I think that the, the structure was important in both cases. The 4-3-3 doesn't work and if it, unless you have the right players in it. And when we had those better players came on, the structure suited them much more. Like Winks in, in that second half, his job was basically just to pass it to either Hoiberg or Lacelso. Right, that's all he had to do. He was under no pressure as the defensive midfielder. It allowed Hoiberg to move forward and try and win the ball high up the pitch. Lacelso could move around into little you know, gaps here and there. Um, obviously, he created the last goal for Kane. I just thought that everyone f- like felt more comfortable because the system that they were playing in suited them. I, I genuinely think it was more of a, a system question than a player question. Certainly that second half was, was far more enjoyable than the first. Uh, it just looked like, like I said at the beginning, that they were enjoying their football and you could see triangles, you can see a, a, a pattern, you can see a structure. 
And Kane's goal, his first goal uh, of, of his hat-trick was set up by Lucas. I thought Lucas's assist was pretty decent. Like it, the weight of the pass was perfect and Kane sort of slid in and knocked it in. I, I, I thought that it, it, it was good. His, his celebration was muted, as was Nuno's, as we'll, we'll get on to. But it, when that goal went in, it was kind of just calmed things down, I thought. Yes, absolutely. I think everyone knew at 3-1 the game was over. Um, you're right that Lucas played a lovely pass. Again, he had the time to do so. Um, no one was following the run of Kane, which is ridiculous because it's Harry Kane. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've seen that happen plenty of times in the past and it hasn't really worked out. And so I'm glad that it did. I, I like to see movement off the ball. Like as much as Scarlett did some of that, maybe the runners weren't there to help him. You know, obviously with Sun running one way in the second half and Kane going the other, there were options for Lacelso and for Lucas to find them. There was always you know, two runners. I don't think Scarlett had that. It was always Scarlett kind of doing that and Brian hugging the left. It, it, so, yes, the, the second half was, was much better. And that and that third goal really iced the game. And for the fourth as well, the link up between Son and Harry. I think that's the first time that they've linked up, linked up together for a goal this season. I'm fairly certain. And it was good to see the smiles on their faces. I thought Kane was a bit more animated uh, when that went in. It was a good layoff. I didn't spot who it was that laid it off to Son, and he sort of got the afterburners on. A challenge came in, and you sort of thought, "Wow, there's Sonny's back from his injury. He looks a bit like..." When he was racing against Burnley for that amazing goal, it was just uh, uh, seeing Son and Harry link up and the smiles on their faces. I just thought that was really important for us ahead of a, a big game in the Premier League. Yeah, and the pass came from Lacelso. I mean, that's it was Lacelso. It. it was Lacelso with the first time ball round the corner that Son was able to run onto. The, the three of them are in positions where they know what they're doing. You know, Lacelso mm. plays on the left hand side of a midfield three for Argentina. Um, although he didn't really stick to the left for Spurs today, he he was comfortable. He likes being there, and because because yeah, because we had players out wide, the defenders had to move to cover them. So there was just more space for him to operate in. But that goal felt like Spurs still had it within them to to show some of the things that we've seen before from them. Like I feel like it's been a long time since we scored a goal like that. Mourinho, you never really saw it too often. Obviously, Nuno's relatively pragmatic too, but. Uh, to see runners from deep and at first time passes around the corner that creates, you know, let's face it, a tap-in for Kane. That's what we want to see. That's exactly what we want to see. Exactly. And he rounded it off with his hat-trick. And again, it was Lacelso heavily involved, uh, the provider. Sort of a similar position to to where Lucas set him up, uh, sort of from the right-hand side there, playing it in. And and again, a, a superb finish. And you, I, I, one thing I noticed from the um, the Twitter feed for, for Mura was how they spelt Harry Kane. It's spelt Haria Kanea. Uh, so Haria Kanea got his hat trick and going into the Aston Villa game, you'd like to think that that's exactly what he needed. Yeah, goals. I mean, this is it. It's, it's quick movement, it's quick passing, and it's, you know, again, a quick finish. Like Kane didn't really take his time. It was one touch to steady himself and another one to scoop it past the keeper. I, he didn't hit it perfectly, but he got enough on it that the keeper didn't really know what to do. And that was similar to the first. Kane's first was relatively similar. It was a first-time mm-hmm. finish in that case. I, I, Spurs tend to play better when we when we when we try to play one-touch football. That that takes movement off the ball, and we saw some of that in the in the last half an hour. Like I don't think Mura got any worse. I just think that Spurs got a lot better, and a lot of that was the quality of the players. But as I said, just, you know, before most of it was down to the fact that we used more of the pitch. Um, we made it more difficult for them to cover the runners that we had. 
And so, yeah, it, it was nice. That, that, that last half an hour, if, if, if there was anything tonight, that last half an hour will hopefully make people think, okay, we, we do still have a competent attack. Even mm. if it's just Mura, we have a competent attack and maybe we can then go and show it in, in, in games that will be more difficult. A lot of the times during the goals, we scored five goals and the camera usually pans to the to the manager and to the bench. Nuno just didn't look very animated. Maybe it was because it was Mura. But just weird things that you sort of sense are happening behind the scenes. Um, Fonseca came out, Paolo Fonseca came out recently to say that, that Paratici, they didn't hire Fonseca because Paratici had reservations that he wasn't defensive enough, which seems contrary to, to the DNA comment from Daniel Levy at the end of the season. Uh, do you think that the new director of football or, or whatever his title is, do you think he's interfering too much? And is that what's, what's pissing off Nuno? Uh, it just doesn't look like he's happy. It looks like, going back to the Jedi uh, <laughs> reference, it looks like a Jedi who's lost his lightsaber. He's not happy. <laughs> Nuno will be a Jedi forever, <laughs> as far as this pod is concerned. Um, look, Paratici is Italian. Italians like defensive football. They always have done. They won the Euros with a solid defense. They were never massively great going forward, even if they had wonderful players. Everything is based on on defensive solidity. When when uh, Paratici signed players, what, he signed a goalkeeper, he signed a centre-half, he signed a right-back, like he's focused on the defense. So... I understand why he might say, and, and, he, and he would have seen Fonseca. Right? It's not as if he didn't know him. He watched Fonseca at, you know, at Roma. Mm. And so I just think, I think people are maybe reading a bit too much into this, right? I don't think Paratici is getting too involved in stuff, but clearly he is involved. That's his job. He's supposed to be making all the football decisions. So if he decides that the best way for Spurs to win trophies is to be a bit more pragmatic, well, to be honest, if you look at Spurs' history, maybe there's a point to that. Like, we all love to see, you know, free-flowing football and and to go out there and beat the opposition with a flourish and whatever the Danny Blanchflower quote is. Um, That that isn't where we are right now. And we need to make things a bit more secure. Now, don't get me wrong, I think Nuno's probably gone a bit too far in that direction. But it's a process. I hate that word. I really hate that word. But (laughs) but it's not going to happen overnight. And I don't think that should be too difficult for people to understand. But it seems as if they want it to happen now. Like, if Paratici is interfering, I don't think so. As to whether Nuno is a bit miserable, well, I mean, we've lost three games in a row. And he's being questioned everywhere now, not just not just from Spurs fans who are being, you know, a bit ridiculously impatient about it, but also in the press. You know, like right now, Spurs are the crisis club. You know, four weeks ago it was Arsenal, and Arsenal had to deal with all that crap. So it, it kind of it does go with the territory, and maybe he hadn't, he didn't have that scrutiny when he was at Wolves, and he probably hasn't had it since he was at Valencia. But I just think that people need to understand, and I, I do include myself in this, like. It's not going to happen straight away. Like, I think Nuno has made mistakes. I think he's honestly said on Sunday that he was responsible for that awful performance in the first half against Arsenal. Yeah, I, I don't want to think that the two of them have fallen out yet, especially if if you believe that Paratici is, sorry, if Paratici chose Nuno specifically for the type of manager that he is. 
Yeah, no, it's just a worry. I don't think there's been a big enough break from Mourinho ball. That that's my concern as a fan. As we we're sitting there, we're watching the games every week, every midweek. We're we're sitting here watching it, and it's it's not because tonight's an exception because we were playing the fifth best team in Slovenia. But surely there had to be a, a break, and it, and it seemed like Daniel Levy then was just talking nonsense. Then at the end of the season, saying we want to go back to the the Spurs way and the DNA and etc. When we hire someone who who plays a, a brand of football that that's very similar to one that we had with a guy who at least won stuff. So it's just a concern. And I agree with you. He he needs time. It's crazy for us to to be calling for his head after six games or whatever. But it's just a concern. You see, you hear these yeah. grumblings from the press if they're getting it from players' agents or whatever that he's Mourinho without the CV. It's just a, a concern. But, but but like I said, we need time. I will say I think a lot of the stuff that's been in the press this week is made up bollocks. And I don't care where you've read it. Like, it's not just the Sun and the Mail and those papers that maybe have a reputation for making stuff up, the Mirror, whoever. Um, The the more reputable places, I think, have just kind of put four and four together. And because they have a more reputable um, name, people just assume that it's true. But there's there's no names to it. There's no quotes to it. It's basically, you know, three weeks ago when Nuno won Manager of the Month, everything, it was such a great job that he's done. And now suddenly he's like persona non grata to the players. I don't believe a word of it. I, I just think that they have copy that they need to write. And, you know, whereas Spurs fans, well, I think any football fan kind of does the same. You go off the deep end in either direction. So if something, if things are going well, you start dreaming of what is possible, of winning this, that, and the other. And when things are going badly, you just think, oh, well, I, I need to you know, try to figure out why or how, or um, and, and suddenly everything's much worse than it probably is. I, I think a lot of these stories that have come out this week, if it was true, it would have been true three weeks ago. Why is it? Why is it true now? I don't understand that. I, I, to me, that makes no logical sense. If they have the context inside the club that they seem to want us to believe that they do, then they would have known this three weeks ago. Uh, I think. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. I think a lot of it is the truth is on the pitch. Like we're twentieth for uh, distance covered. We're twentieth for shots faced. We're we're twentieth for shots hit. There's no smoke without fire. We're not playing as, as, a, as a unit there's no fight in the team there's no desire and you'd think that a manager like Nuno knowing how Wolves played the, the very least they'd be giving a shit they'd be trying they'd be chasing they'd be running and we're not even seeing that that's the concern yeah to some I, I, I don't see that at all if I'm honest I think that, that the, the three games that we've lost in the league we were awful at Palace because he picked a very defensive side when he didn't need to Right, I do. I do believe that's true. Um, he also had to deal with the fact that three players were, you know, were in Croatia on holiday. That didn't help, and we had a sending off, which doesn't help. So, yeah, that one. Okay, I, I do. I do blame a little bit on Nuno because I think the first forty-five minutes was was down to him, and after that, Tanganga kind of killed it for us. The Chelsea game, we were just as good as Chelsea in the first 45 minutes of that game. The best 45 minutes we've seen all season. And then they had a set piece and a deflection and the game was over because you knew Chelsea weren't going to give that one up. So I, 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 I just feel that was almost like lucky breaks more than anything. And then the Arsenal performance, yeah, it was terrible, but the, we all knew when we saw the team sheet that that was not going to go well for Spurs. So to, to then say based on that, that all these players are suddenly upset um, because of, of the way Nuno doesn't talk to them, 
that that to me just seems over the top and speculation. Like if there were quotes, great. You're never going to get quotes, so they're just going to make stuff up. And you know, depending on what you want to believe, is whether you believe it. I, I just don't. I don't see any logic to those happening just three weeks after suddenly when everything was was perfect. Yeah, well, we uh, whatever happens, we do need to see an upturn in our league form, starting with Aston Villa on the weekend. Uh, Peaky Blinders FC. Speaking of Peaky Blinders, do you know that the caller's got a Peaky Blinders theme party at the weekend? Did he tell you this? Or not? Yeah, yeah, he, he's mentioned something about it. I don't know. Any way that he can flaunt his wealth, that boy. What is it like? So it's all going to be flat caps, brummy accents and petrol bombs. Well, he's got the brummy accent already, so he's halfway there. That's right. Um, So so just a quick run in the rule over our opponent on the weekend. Asimilla, they've just beaten Man United 1-0 at Old Trafford, deservedly so last time out. Dean Smith lines them up usually 3-5-2, we did against United, with Watkins and Ings up front. They're eighth in the league, a point ahead of us, having won three and drawn one. HG, I mean, they they used the Grealish money incredibly well and, and in, a, in a variety of aspects, not just in the players that they bought, but in the prices that they got because they bought the players before the player went. And uh, again, the, the managing director guy gave that sort of strange sort of David Brent-esque uh, video sort of zoom thing to the fans which which people liked I thought it's quite funny and, and and you appreciate at least there was some communication from the board which is what I was expecting when Paratici joined but we're not seeing that anyway is there a danger man in their team or is it the collective with with Aston Villa that's my question I guess I think Villa are a settled side they've had the same manager for a long time um, so they kind of know what's expected of them Yes, they've got a couple of new players, but you know some of them haven't. Like Ings has played regularly, but Leon Bailey hasn't. I'm not sure if Wendia started um, against Man United, so no, yeah. So like, I, I think that it is more a case of horses for courses a little bit with them. Like if I'm if I'm Spurs, I don't want to see Leon Bailey start um, because I think he's got the pace that would worry us. I think right back is still a, a position that we're not certain in. So. Villa will have danger men, absolutely. But if they if they decide to go three five two again against Spurs and have Watkins and Ings, we'll have a lot to deal with. Um, we, we really will. But I, I think that it's yeah that they, they are they're, they're going to be a very tough opponent because they are you know two and a half years further down the track than we are, and, and especially if we go the, the nonsensical four three three that's narrow then I think we'll, we'll just end up giving Matt, Matty Cash and is it Matt Target, the left wing back, like yeah. th- th- they'll have all the space that they need to, to make life difficult for us. John McGinn will, will find himself and be, you know, kind of, he's just an irritant. Like he's a quality footballer, but you know, his bum's the size of the center circle and he just kind of spins people. And so, yeah, like Villa, yeah, it, it's not going to be easy, but the, the, the danger men clearly are the strikers, you know, Watkins and Ings, with the with the nous that Ings has and the speed and um, you know the fact he's an ex winger from Watkins means that the two of them really could work well together if they if they do strike up that partnership. Yeah, well, uh, in terms of from our side, is there any players that played today that you think or this evening that you think would stake a claim uh, for a starting berth against Villa? I, I, I'm thinking Lo Celso and possibly Romero after our central defensive performance against the Goons. Uh, do, do you see much of a change from the, the Arsenal lineup? I, I, they're the two. They're the two obvious candidates to come in. I've, I've said many times, I think we should go three at the back. And so if Romero came in to play alongside Dyer and Sanchez, I'm okay with that. Um, mm. I, I think it would allow Emerson a bit more freedom to go forward. It would allow Reguilón more freedom to go forward. 
and then we kind of decide, you know, if Kane and Son are the two, then you you figure out what kind of midfield three you want to have. I think that given how well the Celso played today, that maybe he should be there ahead of Dombele. And then you get Hoyerbjerg and the Celso and, and one other. If you think that Villa do have quality in midfield and you and you want to defend with a bit more solidity, then then Skip would be that person. So you could have Skip Hoyerbjerg Celso. That could work. Um, it, it, it doesn't give us a great deal of pace going forward because it means that really we're reliant on Sun and then the fullbacks to to get up there in support, which they haven't shown this season that they can do. But from the players who played tonight, I think the only two that started the game that really have a chance of starting on on Sunday are Romero and Lacelso. I, I don't think Brian did enough, and I think that um, Nuno prefers Lucas anyway. Right, SG, let's get your prediction then. What do you think the score will be against Villa on Sunday? Well, look, I think we, we played them in what middle of May, right at the end of the season, and they beat us at Spurs. We know they can do that. Spurs, look, if, if I really thought that Nuno was going to pick a side that would help Spurs, then I, then I would say that we have a pretty good chance of winning. Um, I don't think he's going to do that, which means that Aston Villa probably have the better chance of winning. So to sit on the fence and, and do my best caller impression, um, I'll say it will finish 1-1. Yeah, for me, yeah, I, I think I'll probably agree with that. I'd say a draw, uh, maybe 2-2. Two, two. I, I think that, that they've got, they're, they're more, like you said, they're more settled side. Uh, I'm hoping that Dele doesn't get a run out. I think we've seen now enough from him to, to show that he doesn't really fit what we're trying to do. No, that, that, that's a good point. I don't think Delhi should start at all. Like, if we does go four at the back, which I think he probably will do, it'll be Tanganga, it'll be Reguilón and um, two of his choice, maybe Romero and Dyer. if I'm honest, it'll be those two. But mm. it's the question, what do you do? Like, if you're going to play Skip and Hoiberg, then it'll be either Lacelso and Dombele, and then you've got the front three of Son, Lucas and, and Kane. If, if Son and Lucas stay wide, then I think that's actually a pretty good side. Because you've got the, mm. the solidity in midfield of Skip and Hoiberg. Um, you've got some passing of Lacelso. I, I don't mind if it's Lacelso or Dombele, either one of those, really. But I just think that as long as long as it's not a narrow 4 3 3, I'm happy. I'm, 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 I'll say, okay, Spurs are going to go out there and try and win the game and actually be better than our opponents. I, yeah, so I, I think that if, if we did do that, then. But yeah, De- no, Delhi's nowhere near um, a starting position right now. It's just he—he's he, not—he's not—he's not showing enough. Crazy that he's—I think he's probably had most minutes for all of our outfield players in the league, which is crazy given his output. He's not been delivering. People say oh, he runs about a bit, but, but does he even do that? I don't. I just—it's—it's it's sad to see. I mean, yes, he's being played out of position. Yes, he's as we discussed on the pod that his best position is playing just off Kane, but Son's doing that now, so it's kind of like well, it's yeah, it, it's time for for him to to be benched. I like tonight. The game against Mura tonight was a perfect example of Delhi kind of getting in his own way, right? Delhi should be leaving it to Lacelso and Brian to be the creator. He should be in the box helping Scarlett. That should have been what he did today, and he didn't. He wanted to be kind of the hoddle character. He wanted to be the one who was creating and doing the little flicks around the defenders. None of them came off. And I mean, to be fair, none of them came off for Lacelso really in the first half either. But Delhi needs to be more on the end of things. He is not that, you know, the, the traditional number 10. He never has been. His passing range isn't good. It's not good enough, certainly. He needs to be on the end of those things. Allow your teammates to, to, to do the creation. And then maybe Delhi will end up being a better player. But right now, 
he hasn't shown anywhere near enough. Now that players are getting fit and they're getting used to Nuno's system and we don't have people jetting off to Argentina, I mean, we're going to have that next week. But like, um, I just <laughs> think that, that Delhi, if he's going to get into the side, it has to be as a striker slash second striker. It's not going to be in the midfield role that we've, to be fair, that we've seen so far this season. I, I just think that, that that doesn't help Spurs at all. Well, just to, uh, to let you know about the latest prize from footballprizes.co.uk. Uh, it's a big one this week, just a week, just over a week after the passing of Tottenham's greatest ever goal scorer, Jimmy Greaves. Um, you can get your hands on a signed and framed replica 1962 FA Cup final shirt penned by the great man himself. Uh, the tickets are five ninety five each with just 65 tickets. So you can think of uh, the, the odds are pretty decent there. Available for the next Monday's draw. Remember to use the promo code 10cheese. That's one zero cheese to get your 10% discount. And so good luck for the draw on Monday. HG, thanks for joining. No problem. Um, can, can I add something in quickly? Um, Please. We had a friend of ours who managed to wangle a seat in the director's box tonight. Um, not only did he speak to Spurs legends such as Mabba, Ardiles, and Ledley King, he also bumped into J.P. McManus, the horse racing guy. Like, I'm, I'm sure he would have seen Levy as well. Who knows who he bumped into in the director's box tonight? That would be some story. But uh, yeah, crazy to think that they all made the effort to go and see Moura. <laughs> it is weird. I saw a picture he posted on Facebook with Michael McIntyre. That was like, so, oh, oh Mr. Diver. He's uh, mixing it with the rich and famous. Hey, Steve, before we go, actually, um, want to say a bit about what's happening on YouTube for the remainder of the week? Uh, at the end of the week. So YouTube, obviously, will have the, the usual Friday night show. Um, it's weird to think that that's tomorrow. Friday comes around so often. Um yeah. But yeah, the usual preview again, kind of talking about Villa. There'll be the usual, we'll discuss what happened with Murray. It's basically this, but in video form and interactive form. So you can get involved and tell us what you think and tell us how much you love, you know, call us gin. Um, that, that, those are the things that get involved with the YouTube stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's always fun to do and it will be another good show. It is great fun. I can't wait to see it. I want Caller to wear his Peaky Blinders outfit on the pod. That's one. Oh, sorry, on the, on the video. That's that's my request. Uh, Cheese says, so do look out for that tomorrow night and also listen out for uh, the review pod of what we hope will be a victory over the Villa villains on Sunday. And as ever, come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 